Welcome back to 30, Flirty, and Surviving. I'm Kelsey. I'm Tanisha. And I'm Tracy. Nice to see you again. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Not like I haven't seen you a lot (laughs) lately, but hey. Um, So if you want to follow us, you can. You can um, go to our Instagram on 30 Flirty Surviving Podcast, or you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, or iHeart. All right, ladies, we are going to switch things up a little bit today. We have been spending, I think, a lot of time chatting about just like getting to know us questions, relationships, dating, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But as we all know, there's so much more to being in your 30s than just that. Um, And a huge part of it is career and the workplace. So I think today we should kind of talk about our journey, where we started off at, what our goals and aspirations were, and just like give some career advice. I love this because I feel like when I first started out, I wish somebody did this for me. Yeah. It was so it was so tough like transitioning from college and we'll obviously get into that, but mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Uh greed. All right, Kels. Oh. Take it away. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um to start mm-hmm. off, we're gonna um kind of get into how we all got into the careers we're at now and like where we got our start to give people some sort of background information. So to kick it off, we're gonna just discuss how we all got started in our career, kind of then versus now and mm-hmm. our journey just in our careers in general and the struggles, the the good parts, the lessons, everything like that. So Tanisha, why don't you get us started? Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll tell you guys how I got, it's really not that crazy of a story. Uh, I think it's great personally, but thanks. yeah. Um, so I worked for my aunt's company for God, I think like two years. I didn't go to college. I just started working right away cause I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and I had to pay for school on my own mm-hmm. and I knew that if I was gonna go to school and pay for my own, I wanted to know what I was gonna do because I didn't wanna be stuck with those loans for no reason. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started working for my aunt's company. I was an admin assistant and then um, I got laid off from that. Yes, my own aunt laid me off. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> I know, Come actually. On, bitch. You're just <laughs> Saying that out loud, like that reality actually comes Just hurts. kidding, Joanne, you're not a bitch. <laughs> no, it wasn't Joanne. Oh. No, Joanne's a sweet angel. How okay. dare you? It's the other one. It's the other one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just started temping for a while, and then I fell into this job that I have now. Um, I was receptionist, and I was just, I don't know, coasting along, and then the position for an EA came up and I applied for it and I got the job and I've been doing it for four or five years now. So yeah, that's my crazy journey. No, that's awesome. <laughs> it's great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, How about you? I have had a- Tracy. <laughs> Trossy. Trossy. <laughs> I have had a crazy journey as well. Mm-hmm. Um. I actually went to school, Tanisha's choking. <laughs> so we're really crushing it today. Sorry to go. Um, You're I, just so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, I originally went to school for nursing. Mm-hmm. I did three years of nursing school. I was a year away from getting my BSN and I changed my major my senior year. Um, which was scary and terrifying, um, especially with nursing being such a 
stable career um, and something you can really rely and depend on. Um, And then sort of that forced me to try to figure out something brand new and, and different. So mm-hmm. I, after school, I ended up, I had ended up taking like a lot of business classes in college. So after school, I stayed in the healthcare setting. I worked for a hospital for a couple years administratively, um, but it just wasn't the right culture fit for me. And I noticed that like, if I wasn't doing patient care, I didn't think that the, that world was a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. So after about three years there, I, decided to pick up and move across the country. Um, and I got myself a job at a PR and marketing company when I had absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Carly's like, okay, take that out. (laughs) Just another one. I had absolutely no business. Um, getting that position. I had been, because the healthcare world was like very structured, rigid, like pretty corporate setting. I had actually been um, like blogging with one of my friends Mm -hmm. on the side. And so I taught myself social media and I just went out to LA with a mission to get myself a career in that industry. So I did that for a couple years. And then when I was ready to come back to Boston, um, I had been a little burnt out just from the agency world. So mm-hmm. I, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually using um, a staffing agency to help me find a new position as I wanted to come back home. And when I had reached out to them, they actually said that they had an internal opportunity for me. Um, and I interviewed, I absolutely fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that ever since the last couple of years now. Um, so my trajectory has been like up and down, a little bit of everything, but um, it's been really cool. I think like hands-on experience is when you learn the most about yourself, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it took me a journey, but I got there. For for the PR and marketing firm, how did mm-hmm. you come across that? Like what was the grind in LA that led you to that? Um, I, again, don't know how I got so lucky, but <laughs> a recruiter <laughs> scouted me. Hey, I had um, been like updating my LinkedIn mm-hmm. uh, and I had my blog on there, which was like our website, our social media handles. Um, I put their responsibilities, like what I was kind of in charge with Mm -hmm. for everything on there. Um, and, and she found me that way. Um, and I, yeah, I just got lucky. I actually had been applying on my own, but hadn't, hadn't really found anything that would stick. Mm -hmm. And she reached out one day and I just wouldn't let her say no to me. So (laughs) So you do it. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Kels? Um, so I kind of have a similar story and with changing things mm-hmm. up a little bit. I went to school initially to become a history teacher. Um, Which you would have been amazing at. A high school history teacher until I got into the classroom and I was like, nah, <laughs> this is not for me. I need, and I mean, I was student teaching with like second graders, love second graders, but not having a adult conversation all day is just, it wasn't for me. So I quickly learned that I don't want to be like pigeonholed into one um, career choice. So I switched to communications and minored in PR, um, which was great. Like such a broad range of things that you learn under communications. You can do radio, you can do podcasting, you can do TV, anything, um, or become a publicist, which is what I did. Um, so out of school, I 
applied to be an intern and work for free because then it was actually legal to do that. It's now illegal to yeah, work for free so um, at an, an agency. Um, and they were actually hiring at the time. So I came on as a marketing coordinator. So I went and I did that on their hospitality division. Um, I did PR for like 25 hospitality clients at a time. So that's really where I learned to juggle and balance things and like learning that my list, my to-do list wasn't set for the day. Like I had to reprioritize and that's all I've been doing ever since. <laughs> like that's what I do in my current role now. Um, so I think learning how to to handle that and set priorities for yourself and make sure that like you're pushing back at the appropriate time. That's what I learned within that career. Um, and then I actually was talking to a client of mine and they were hiring. I was telling them I was leaving that agency. My plan was to also move out to California. I had no lead. I was just like fed up with agency life, didn't want to be there anymore. And they told me they were hiring and offered me a position and I took it, um, which is the position I'm in now. So wow. um, started as marketing manager and now I'm the director of marketing for restaurants. So that's right. Yeah, nice. I, I kind of thrive in chaos to be honest. This is true. So this yeah. is true. All right. So obviously we all know now what we do for a living currently. Mm -hmm. When you guys were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, goodness. <laughs> How old are we talking? I like, whatever. She's yeah. like Ariel from Little Mermaid. I was just going to say a Disney <laughs> princess. I still think that's possible. Can you just tell them the story, please? Which one? About oh the rock, my God. please. So this is how bad I wanted to be a Disney princess. I was like, I'm going to manifest this. So we, I used to live in Maine and I went, my mom used to take us to some lake. I don't even know what it's called. And there was a rock there that looked like the rock that Ariel sang on to Prince Eric. So I, my mom told me that I used to sit on that rock and sing and like by myself, like I wasn't playing with anybody. I'd be like, ah. <laughs> I was going to say, please out, sing, please do it. Into the distance, like no one, I was singing oh to God. no one. Um, so yeah, I just thought maybe if I like sang, I'd become her. I or mean, like, technically that could have happened. You could have applied at Disney. There's still time. I know, yeah. there is. There is still time. Never to, give up on your dreams. No, right? never. Never. <laughs> so that was my original dream. Didn't work out. Mm -hmm. um, but then I always wanted to be in like uh, the entertainment industry. So I was going to go to Institute of Art for film. Mm -hmm. um, but my grades weren't that good. Um, because there was just like a lot of home life stuff going on. So I wasn't able to focus on high school the way I needed to. So my grades weren't that good. I would need to go to school to l get them up again. But then the whole paying for school thing came up. And mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, let me start working. And then the dream kind of faded. So I would eventually like to get back into it at some capacity. I just don't know what yet. Very cool. Yeah, yeah so. love that. What about you? Oh. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> really sold it up on me. Um, when I was in like grade school and a like a kid, I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I just loved children, and I thought that was sort of my way to be around them. Um, and also, like my parents still make fun of me when it was always back to school shopping, everyone would get excited when you would get to go buy new clothes. I would be like, dad, can we go to Office Max? And I'd be like, <laughs> color coordinating my folders and buying like the best pens and all this stuff. Like that was just my Cold favorite dish. thing. I loved school supplies. So I just wanted to be a teacher. Um, but then when I 
got into high school, um, I wanted to be um, a lawyer for a, a while. Um, no, actually, probably even before high school, um, like maybe middle school and into high school. I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, yeah, and then the nursing thing didn't come up until I was a senior. There was like a nursing shortage when we were seniors in high school, and that's everyone crazy. was saying that that's what you should apply for. So that's really why I did it. There had never been any pre-existing desire. I, I mean, I like science, but yeah, but yeah, teacher or lawyer was really the plan. But Again, here we are. You can change at any time too. Nah, you can do nah, whatever nah, you want. I'm all set. I love what I do now. Yeah, yeah. I love that. They're so they're two. They're like such two facets of your personality too. Like a sweetheart, <laughs> but then also like fuck you. Literally, <laughs> yeah. Those two like jobs encompass my personality yeah, so much. Like teachers, like my soft side yes. that I don't show very often, and then the lawyers, my like I will cut you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, hundred percent. Hundred. Hundred percent. Oh me. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you two just stopped at the same time. You're like, yes. Um, so I've, I've always wanted to work on a farm. Everybody can make fun of me. I don't care. Um, like since I was little, that's what I wanted to do. And then it moved into like harvesting crops. No, literally. And oh. like just living the dream and maybe working my way up and maybe owning a farm. I don't know, but it just wow. seems like work. That's nothing I want. That's like a lot of manual labor, dude. I know, but like it's good for the mind and the body. So that's what I wanted to do. In tell. addition, so between that, there were three things. It was that and teaching. So when I was really young, it was farm. And then it was teaching because I just love it. I yeah. like love kind of doing it in my role now and speaking to students and teaching my team new things. Um, and then also I worked at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute as an intern. Um, and we worked actually in the the children's section of the hospital and we like would work with them on like little projects and things like that. So I don't know, I, I wanted to do that too, like working for Dana-Farber in some capacity with kids. Yeah. I think it always came back to kids, which is interesting because yeah. it's nothing, has nothing to do with what I do now. But again, <laughs> I'm hoping like- No kids in the clubs. No kids in the clubs. Go to the grand, that's news. Yeah, like- <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, we're now eight plus. <laughs> I mean, that's so creepy, no, no, no. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's it. <laughs> I can see you working on a farm. I would love to. I can. I've if it never... paid a little better, I'd probably do it on the side. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love it. I love that for you. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Cool. When I'm old. And then I do hope like to use my experience and go back to get a degree for teaching college because those were oh. the best college professors that I had. The people that were in the field for a long mm -hmm. time and teaching off of that versus books. I so. literally owe my life to my college professor from my senior year. Really? He changed everything. Like my perspective on things, the way I approach things, um, my goals, my ambition, like everything. And yeah, he was a consultant for years and years and years and had like done it himself and had retired. And then this is what he chose to do now with his yeah, time. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I it, like professionally, personally, everything like totally changed my life. Absolutely. I love mm -hmm. that. And that's because at the end of the day, that's a choice. Like they, yeah. they actually want to do that. It's not a necessity. So right, it's like right. so different. So yeah, I hope to do that in the future. Very cool. Yeah. I love that for you. Thank you. Um, so did anybody have any aspirations or goals growing up? And I'm looking at you, Tracy. 
I, whatever do you mean? I need I the need, color people, pink comes to mind. People need to know <laughs> your aspiration. All right, I'm just gonna. <laughs> okay, my friends are teasing me right now because so this past summer with COVID, um, my parents. <laughs> I'm gonna look like such a piece of crap. No, you're um, not. When well, it's 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 hilarious. I don't care. Um, when I was the sorry the summer with COVID, um, we decided to clean out my parents' attic. And um, there's like a box of all school projects, um, presentations, like old just arts and crafts things that my sister and I worked on when we were younger. And so as we were going through that box, I found this like, um, it was like one of those, like, where do you want to see yourself in five years in 10 years in 15 years? Um, I think it was for like a computer class. They were like making you type it out. Also, what, what grade was this? Because um, they get deep when we're young. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't I know. No That's idea. a good question. I think I was probably in like, I don't know what I'm eating, mom. Probably in like seventh or eighth grade at this point, I think, which is like probably too old for this, but, um, I, now, now my, that makes sense. I, I'm not ashamed to, I'm not ashamed to admit like when I was younger, my, I was not very career oriented. I was, my like ambitions were be a wife and be a mom. Like that's mm -hmm. all I wanted. Yeah. So when they were asking me, uh, which is totally fine mm -hmm. if that is, I, I'm just saying it's more of how funny, like that's drastically changed for me. Right. Where like right. now that I'm at the age where those things should be something that I start to think about, all I can think about is my career. And I yeah. never thought about my career when I was yeah. younger. Um, so I thought more about painting the larger picture. So like this, I sent the girls this of my project. I was like, in 15 years, I will have successfully graduated from Stanford University, <laughs> which is also like so ambitious, so ambitious. That's good. Oh, I love it. I'm just I was like, list. I will be, oh yeah. I was like, I will be like, um, a lawyer in like criminal defense or something like that. And I will have two pink Lamborghinis and one two. silver Porsche. Why I ever needed more than one pink Lamborghini, I do big, not God know. Damn it. But let me just tell you something, okay? <laughs> I was motivated. I, I believed that. in myself. You were manifesting. Yeah. If I could be a princess, you could definitely have. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. But um, no. Uh, for the record, I do not <laughs> any longer desire a pink Lamborghini. Just the silver? Just the silver Porsche, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. Trey's like, just kidding. No, I want black. <laughs> Tanisha? Oh, man. My aspirations? Oh, God. I don't even know. Um, I'm in the same boat. I think it's kind of sad. I don't think like, I ever I had remember. like an idea of getting married. Like I don't think that was ever on my list. I mean, ever since I was little, I wanted to be in the entertainment business. Like I was like, mm. I'm gonna do something with it. Um, so yeah, I don't really think I had like anything like that. Like I didn't, I mean, I've always wanted to be a mom for the longest time. Yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna get married. I'm just gonna adopt. Mm -hmm. That was, I think that was like probably a goal of mine, but. Go for it. Um, but yeah, like I think, I don't really think I had, did you? I think my my biggest goals were to overcome my, I had issues with grades too, in high school specifically, and I think that a lot of people doubted me. Mm -hmm. So it's it was interesting like to see how it changed from high school to college, because I don't know if it was like lack of effort or if mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, um, but my grades were horrendous. And then 
I went to college and I like challenged myself and I found something that I really loved to do and I excelled at it. So that was all I ever hoped for. And I think that I surprised people. And that's yeah. a good feeling. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you didn't think I could get here. Fuck and the haters. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Princess wave. <laughs> I'll teach so, you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ariel. 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 <laughs> you sound like the crab. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Sebastian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> yes. Great. Yeah. Um, so now switching back to like current times that was all fun and games and everything but like let's talk like serious let's talk about being some business women in the workplace yes and I think that sometimes it can be a little difficult and I mean do you guys find that you use your voice in the workplace and you push back when you don't necessarily agree with something or like not that it's like not your job because I don't think that's the appropriate response to anything but like how do you delegate that or how do you say like oh well this is who usually handles it or or what Mm -hmm. you know um so candidly Mm -hmm. this was for sure struggle for me when I first started working um but probably for the opposite reasons than most people that are starting out in the workforce um not because I was shy or timid because I'm normally the first person to speak up and say what's on my mind um and that can sometimes be very blunt which comes off confrontational um so I had to really quickly learn that there needs to be a certain nuance or finesse to your communication style and there's nothing wrong with disagreeing with somebody in a professional setting. But I think it's more about avoiding conflict and having a working conversation. Um, So I like, it's tricky, like in the marketing space, I think it's easier. And you're talking about campaign briefs and strategy and all those things. Um, If someone has an idea, you can be like, that's really great. I like that idea, but be more suggestive, like, you know, not to knock their idea down, but I'd be like, well, what do you think about this too? Or how can we combine the two ideas together? Um, where in other environments, there's more corporate structure and you don't have that wiggle room. Like you kind of have to adhere to the rules and regulations. Um, but I guess I, for me, it's just like, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't speak up and you can, you can say what's on your mind in a, in a kind manner. But I, I don't think that they're just because you're at work doesn't mean you can't like stick up for yourself. I agree because that creates like a miserable environment yeah. and then you become overworked because I have, and I still do sometimes just say yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And it's like, uh. And that thing that we actually posted something to our page and it was like how to respond. Yeah. I loved that. And it was, what, what did she say? She's like, Um, so, um, she was talking about when you get delegated a task, um, our human immediate tendency is to shift gears and reprioritize because you feel like, Oh gosh, now I have to do this. Stop what I'm doing. Um, and, and work on this instead. And her suggestion was, when someone delegates you something and you're already in the middle of something else to say, what's the urgency on this? And then that way you're able to prioritize yeah. what the things that you're working on and is it worth stopping what you're doing and completely 
taking on something else instead. Yeah. Um, because not everyone, even if it's your like direct supervisor, your coworkers, whatever, not everyone knows what's on your plate. And although you want to be a team player and be helpful, you also have to make sure you don't have, you don't bite off more than you can chew Yeah. because don't forget that like your name's on the line too. And would you rather do fewer things perfectly or, you know, the best of your ability or multiple things that are mediocre yeah. in terms of result. I think it's beneficial to over communicate, like you're saying. Yeah. Like, what is the timeline for you? When do I need to get this done by? And that way you set a deadline for yourself. And yeah. there's not just this like lingering, okay, well, where is this? What are right. you doing? Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. For me, it was like a confidence thing. Cause like when you start off so young, you're new. You don't really know what you're doing per se. Um so it took me a while to get to a point now where I just, honestly, I don't overthink what I'm saying. I, mm. It's very much like, if I can't get to something, I can't get to it. And I'll fly yeah. out and tell you, I can't, even my boss sometimes, I'm like, I, like, I'm working on this right now. And then if he responds, like, I need this, and I'm like, okay, then I will prioritize that. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But that took me years to get to that point. For the longest time, I would like overstress and be like, I need to get this done, this done, this done. And you know, you can only do so much. You're one person, you're not a machine, you're not a robot, and you need to remind yourself of that, I think, sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the queen of taking work home, too. Like, I'll come home and, Same. oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just having confidence in your own capabilities and not self-doubting yourself. So when you say, I can't get to something, or if you have to reprioritize or push back, because honestly, pushing back, it's okay to push back on something. Yeah. Like it is okay. Cause there are times that I'm given things that I'm like, this really isn't my job though. And I will either delegate it to the right person. I'll be like, you know, so-and-so can help you on this. Yeah. And it is kind of like what it is at that yeah, point. You got, you got to know your capacity. Especially yeah. if you can rationalize, like would love to help you with this, but I've already been in the midst of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So unless like, you would rather me push that aside, my bandwidth is full. So it's not just like, no, I can't do it. It's being able to explain to them like what you're already currently working on too, you know? See, I don't do exactly. That. Well, I think it's helpful like from a, a manager's perspective to know that the- Oh, like my boss, yeah. yeah. Yes. Other yes, coworkers? Yes, yes, yes. No. no, 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 no. No, 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 Other coworkers, not so much, like depending on the person. Um, but yeah, I think, again, I think it really just does come down to confidence. Yeah. In, which is only learned over time. Yeah. And you, yeah. You start at baseline. Yeah. <laughs> so many things have changed oh my gosh, since then. Yeah. yeah. Cause from 20 to 30, I'm a different gal. Yep. Yeah. On the same train as that, speaking of like conflict or communication, <laughs> what is your favorite passive aggressive or like go to email one liner like a per my last email oh my god that is just like you did not pay attention bitch like that's yeah. what i take it as like, and it's like okay. like yeah when someone yeah. asks me for something i already did it i'm always like per my last email you'll like see the attachment there yeah I, I was just gonna say i like attaching the email like see please, <clears throat> please see attached email chain mm to be like, I did 
So mine's like not a saying per se. If <laughs> sometimes if people use a lot of periods, I get stressed out, and that's terrible because like <laughs> I'm now thing, though. no, I'm literally now like I'm like I need to delete this exclamation point. Like I, I use, I'm too. like hi, how are you? I'll get it done. <laughs> I'm like ah. I literally that's have like, clients that are like I can tell you're excited to talk to me by the exclamation points in your email. I was like that's so embarrassing. Yeah, it's hard to learn. I'm like delete a Kelsey. But I always you're a bad bitch. You're a bad bitch. <laughs> Yeah, no, I Delete hear you. the exclamation, I'm so telling you. You guys work with like more clients than mm-hmm. I do. I'm very much more internal. So Oh, I'm all ex- internal. Oh, you are? I yeah. thought you like... No, it's not clients. Big Night owns everything. No, I know. I just like vendors and stuff like that. I figured you were interacting Mm-mm. with them, but you mm-hmm. don't really do. No, not really. Some, uh, like for printing stuff yeah. and whatever. But like, yeah. If I like you, you'll get the exclamation Oh, point. God. <laughs> if I'm like, whatever, I'm just like, period. The worst was when my boss would email me when I first started working, and he'd be like, okay, period. I'd be like, <gasps> you're like what did I do wrong? Oh, man. I'm like, why? Job is on the line. <laughs> yes. um, but I think email communication is super important, and um, I will share it on our Instagram story, but especially in my position where the majority of my communication is, is via email. Um, we've talked a lot about, um, just slightly tweaking or, or shifting our language. Like instead of saying, I'm sorry for the delay using, um, phrases like, thank you for your patience. So rather than, um, kind of like, not, not that you shouldn't admit fault, but like saying sorry is tough. Yeah. Well, like, you know, like there's, there's certain ways to approach it. Like if someone's already like upset or like a deadline's already behind, I think you can sort of pacify the situation by just using more powerful language. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really helpful in your communications and just like, it's still acknowledging that maybe it was later than expected, but it's not giving them the opportunity to be like, it's I not agree. okay. You know? I agree. I need to stop saying sorry. That's something I do. It's like even like a tick, like even Tanisha and I will be like talking to each other at our house and we'll be like, sorry, sorry. We're I like, know. stop, yeah. stop. Yeah. Why are we saying sorry? It's like literally we don't even mean it. We're right. just saying it because it's literally a habit. It's muscle which, memory. Which yeah. needs to not happen. <laughs> muscle memory for me is apologies on the delay. I'm not even like half the time actually sorry but it's just like probably on the delay and then I just get to the point but like I should say like thank you for or like when you specifically bullet point things in an email and it's like let me know if you have any questions like you should not have any questions don't don't contact me with questions please do not contact me a lot of people say that they they that that makes them feel stupid like because it's like why would I have questions like (sighs) so like that you're implying they're stupid and they need more Guidance. Really? My See, mind is blown. Yeah. When I say that, it's more or less like I'm here to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I interpret it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that around. So interesting. I I mean this this kind of goes again in the same vein as to my last question, but being a woman in the workplace, what makes mm-hmm. it hard and what would be good to know starting out as a woman in the workplace? Um, negotiate your goddamn salary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you had a dick and you walked in there, I can guarantee you a lot of the time they would be offering you more and they wouldn't think twice about you negotiating your salary. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do. It is not easy. It's like, especially when you're starting out, because I mm-hmm. feel like there's almost like a, you're welcome for this salary. And it's like, no, but I know what I'm worth. 
and what you're about to pay me is not enough. And that's not, that's something I never knew or mm -hmm. thought about until a coworker told me and she was like, negotiate your salary. And I was like, the thought of that, I was like, I'm sweating just yeah. saying that right now, but you can look up online different ways. You can like say things and, um, how you should approach the situation, but yeah, a lot of resources. Yes. Like mm -hmm. looking up your, um, what other people are getting paid for doing what you're doing and then approaching your boss or soon to be boss and saying like, this is what others are, you know, like yeah. you can go online and find different ways, but negotiate your goddamn salary as a woman because you are worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really great point. And I think nine out of 10 companies lowball anticipating a negotiation process. Mm -hmm. If their cap is 95 K they're gonna come in at 85 and hopefully meet you in the middle at 90, yeah. you know? So like, don't be scared to ask and it's not gonna look bad on you. Believe me, like especially working in the staffing industry, mm -hmm. it's every, that happened, those conversations happen every single day. You're not the first to ask, you're not the first to question or push back. Um, it's almost an expected part of the process. So um, it's not gonna, they're not gonna rescind your offer because you right. didn't accept what they, what the base salary was right. or whatever, or like, you know, ask questions about compensation, uh, like um, bonuses and, and quarterly, like compensation, things like that. Um, but yeah, for sure, that's a good point. Um, I, this is a hard question for me, to be honest with you. I have all of the jobs that I've had have been predominantly I've predominant like female dominated workplaces or industries. Um, so it hasn't come up for me very often, but it, it, of course, every once in a while it does. Um, I've like, I've never felt inferior, mm -hmm. um, because there's always, I've always been really surrounded by strong and powerful women and I've had them as, as role models in all of the jobs that I've had. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course you do get those, um, men every once in a while who um, are condescending or, or talk down to you. But for me, I, I like it. I think it's a challenge. Like, don't don't take my kindness for weakness. Yeah. I like yeah. try to talk to me some way and I'll prove you wrong. I'm, I'm not, True. I'm very confident in my abilities and mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be a doormat for anybody. And let's not get it twisted. Women can make a very toxic workplace. So oh, yeah. it's Lord not just the men, yes. it's no, yeah. no offense to men. Like, and you know, each is different. But yeah. women can also make it very toxic. Oh, so yes. it's dependent on where you're at. But I, I think agree. that for me, like maternity leave, we're so behind other countries on stuff like that. Oh, it's just no, wild. It's like, no, me. it's yeah. basic like human rights. And I'm like, yes. I have like a couple clients who are like global clients and I'll get an auto out of office. And it was like, um, maternity leave, be back February, 2022. I'm like, what? What in the God? You're like, yes. <laughs> yes. Is this? I'm like, I gotta move to France. Yeah. <laughs> or New Zealand. Yeah. Or anywhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the United States. But yeah, I've always found that interesting. And especially because my sister's pregnant now, it's like something that I think about. Yeah. Um, Massachusetts did just change the uh, maternity laws. You get like an extra six weeks, which that's is great. not fantastic, but it it's better than nothing. It mm -hmm. paid now, I think, too. That's pretty great. sure they changed that, so it's paid. I'm Ooh. pretty sure. Don't take my word on it. I haven't looked because again, not pregnant. But yeah, you're not. I know, weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all good. Yeah, all good. Um, so on top of like being a woman, I think being a person of color in the workplace mm -hmm. can also um, have its challenges too mm -hmm. because 
I mean, as a woman, I think you start a few steps back from some of your counterparts and then being a person of color, you have to take another few steps back Mm -hmm. and like you kind of, you have more to prove. And I think people will say, you know, you work for companies like we're not racist. And it's like, not that they're racist, but there's probably an unconscious bias there that you Mm -hmm. are treating me differently and you are prioritizing maybe when salaries come around and bonus season comes around that like, I'm not really high on that list. And you might compensate, you know, the other white women that work with me over me. Not saying mm-hmm. that it's like specifically happened, but. I was gonna say, in your experience, do you feel like you've ever gone through that? Or do you feel like at up until this point, you've been treated fairly? There have been jobs in my life that definitely that's been the case. And it's like, it's been pretty apparent like yeah. that people of color and especially women are not being compensated the way that we should be. Um, you know, and then other roles, like not saying like the specific role I'm in now, but like mm-hmm. other roles, it's definitely been the case and it's very frustrating. And mm-hmm. it's also hard because if you were to try to approach your empro- employer with that, I feel like they meet the defense goes up and it's like, I don't know why you would think yeah. that like this, this and this. And it's like, it's like have a conversation. Right. Just like, have a conversation. Maybe open your eyes. And it's like, if your yeah. employee is feeling that way, maybe there's some truth to it. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't automatically be defensive off the jump. Oh yeah. yeah. A like thousand percent. Their feelings mm-hmm. are valid. Yeah, definitely. It can impose, it can be challenging. And this is coming again, like not again, but this is coming from someone me. I know I am privileged as a light skinned black woman. So I can only imagine what the struggles are for, you know, people who have darker complexions mm-hmm. and whatnot. It's, it's not easy. You have to fight for a lot harder than other people do. Um, yeah. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Did you have any reservations um, from a corporate perspective like when you went from having your hair like permanently straight or like having your natural curls to braids like does your hair and your appearance mm, in that good sense one. as part good of your question. culture ever was that ever like ooh, should I not do this will this be okay or did you always feel secure in doing those things because it was just true to who you are um yes in I think until I hit a certain age mm-hmm. and uh there were comments made before about like looking more professional and mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't understand if it was like how I was dressed or not. Mm. Um, I had a coworker when I took my braids out be like, finally. <gasps> Bastard. I'll They're like, I love this so much bitch. better. And it was just <laughs> like, you can't say that. Like, that's not a kind thing to say. Cause like, if I, I don't know. I just didn't like that comment. Cause yeah. I, I just, Again, how do you I not mean, know? How, like fucking natural hair looks bomb as fuck. You. So like, I get like, finally, like I wanted to see where natural hair looks like, but it sounds like there was some derogatory tone with that. Definitely. And it, uh, it does give a little bit like of a complex with the hair For and sure. like, especially until what was it last year, this year, the crown act wasn't a thing. So like mm. I could have gotten fired for having breaks. That's insane. They didn't like them. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild. And like it's the 21st century. Or having an afro just for rocking Mm -hmm. my natural hair. I could have been Yeah, and like how is that not professional? I know. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, So yeah, that's a really good question. There definitely were some reservations that I had. And like it makes you feel like you have to assimilate to the other people that you work with. And it's just... It plays a huge role in your confidence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 100%. I I really hope we continue to evolve with 
everything across the board, like yes. in the workplace here. Amen. You know, and by here, I mean the United States of America. <laughs> um, my turn. Um, she loves I, turns. I know. Here. I know. I know. I'm not. I've had so much caffeine today. It's really illegal. Um, so I want to talk to you guys about something that you overcame or achieved in the workplace that you guys are proud of, because I think that a lot of people struggle with overcoming challenges, especially when you first get your start. And it's very easy to kind of want to give up and like move on to the next best thing, especially in the world we live in now. It's like mm -hmm. on demand, like go, go, go. Um, so what is that for you guys? Um, I kind of already touched upon it a little bit, um, but when I left, I, like I, I worked at Mass General. I mean, one of the best hospitals in the country. I had a great salary for a employee just coming out of school. Um, Long-term stability, great mm -hmm. benefits. I could have stayed there for the rest of my life. Um, so it was a huge risk for me to decide that that was no longer the career path that I wanted. And when I first moved to Los Angeles and decided to make that jump and that leap, mm -hmm. I took a job that was minimum wage just to get me out there. So I left like tens of thousands of it. thousands of dollars, like salaried position to literally be like pinching pennies. Um, and so I was like, I bottom, 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 like scraping by. Um, and I just relied on myself to keep pushing and keep going for the things that I wanted. So I would say like my biggest, like my proudest moment is just proving to myself that I could do it and putting my mind to something and, and getting it done and um, getting myself into a career in a niche that I didn't go to school for. I didn't prepare for maybe as much of as others did, but yeah. I worked really freaking hard and I, I showed myself the ropes and I did it. So yeah, that was, that was a big accomplishment for me. The money isn't always everything. I know that, that sounds well, that's silly, the thing. but yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean like obviously I felt it not having that right. financial <laughs> it's a little stressful. But I, that's what, it, it's like when you hit rock bottom like that, like there's, there's no better motivation because the only place for me to go from there was up. Mm -hmm. So I had to continue to push myself and expose myself to opportunities um, and keep applying and trying different things um, because I, I had to make it. I didn't exactly. have another choice. I had exactly. to figure it out. So it was, it was so scary, but worth, I mean, my entire life is different because of it. So. I love that. What about yeah. you, Tanisha? Um, uh, I would say just, I worked up. I think I worked up. Like I worked from a pizza shop to uh, admin to reception mm -hmm. to an EA. Not that it's like a glamorous role, but. Um, well, like proving that, I mean, let's be honest, like a bachelor's degree is a dime a dozen these days. Yeah. And I think you prove that a college education doesn't necessarily determine your ability. Like yeah. you really were able to get yourself in the door without one and mm -hmm. you like it's a, it's low and gradual and you you had to work your way into it but like yeah you're like you're smart enough on your own girl yeah. thanks girl yeah it was especially being in the corporate world without 
not that college teaches you that, but you learn certain things in college that I just never learned. I was kind of just like thrown into it. Mm -hmm. um, so navigating that on my own and I didn't have any help. I love my parents, but they didn't help me in that mm -hmm. department with mm -hmm. like pretty much anything. So I worked really hard and everything I have, I got on my own and it feels, it feels good. Yeah, I, I love like that. that. And you know what? I'm only gonna go other places from here. So, boom. Love what it. about you geeks? Hmm. <laughs> um, I, again, I just, I go back to like having challenges academically mm -hmm. and being able to like overcome that. And I just want to backtrack to like the college thing. I do think like you don't need a degree to make it, in my opinion, I think obviously it helps, but like having a personality, having that drive, I think the drive is where it's at. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that if I was a hiring manager, mm -hmm. the per the individual's work ethic is a million times more important to Absolutely. me than a piece of paper. I always say that about new hires. I'm like, cause they're like, you know, I don't really know anything da, da, da. I'm mm -hmm. like, are you willing to learn? Yes. Okay, yep. great. Then let's do this mm -hmm. because if you're a sponge. Those are often the most eager candidates too. Exactly. I just think that mm -hmm. that's not like a lie. But like, you know, that's that yeah. was ingrained in our brain at a young age. Like you need to go to college. It needs to go this way. And that's just not true, mm. in my opinion. Um, but yeah, next question. <laughs> um, what was the biggest adjustment going from? Ha. Yeah. Final, well, working in office in nine to five jobs where you're sitting at your computer. Literally so tired so sitting tired. eight so hours tired. I was like my back I'm gonna be hunched over by the time I'm 30 what is going on I think that and then like it's just like overstimulating like you you get breaks in between class this is like eight hours of a screen and like for my first job I felt like it was like one of those guilt things. I couldn't leave for lunch. Like in my head, mm. it's like, I got to go out really quick to the place right next door, bring you back to my desk. Yep. And I have to be here from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or else, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't it's do my job. Realization that like the fun's over kids. Like yeah. <laughs> you're in the real world. Welcome. Yeah. You know, like the, your, your day isn't, you know, you don't fly by the seat of your pants anymore. Like you wake up and you have real responsibilities and there's people that are that have expectations from you it's not just like mom and dad being like clean up your freaking room yeah. you know like yeah. you're helping business development you're helping you know marketing strategy campaign you're helping sales you're doing whatever you're doing like that it's real freaking life mm -hmm. and it's exhausting, but it, it, there's pressure. It's and a I different kind of like, stress. Yeah. It's a different kind of stress yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. than anything. Mm -hmm. So, oh, sorry. Oh no, no, no. I was just, I felt like I was on a hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. Like I sometimes still, I think once COVID happened and that work from home and like going in the office balance happened, that helped. Yeah. But I just, I felt like it was like, I remember in sixth grade, there's a song that a teacher brought up. I don't even remember her name was English and it was Dave Matthews band ants marching. And some mornings what? that would come in my head and it was just about like the day-to-day, -day, oh. like your ants marching, like they do the same thing. Oh, in the same, yes. still marching yeah. in. Wait, what? <laughs> that's not, I was like, no, yeah, that's I, not yeah. the song. Curly's shaking really, his head. <laughs> you really got you on that one. Oh my God. Um, okay, so speaking of like adjustment in first starting, what advice would you give to someone who is just getting their toes wet? in the workforce, someone just starting out? 
I personally, for me, it's like, you know, put in time and effort to your job. I, I don't necessarily think you should jump from job to job, but like, if you're not happy and it's not the right environment for you, don't stay. Like mm-hmm. I, I left and I had the resources, but like the same job twice without a lead, because I was like, this is just not for me. The mental toll was way too much. And I think that's another thing that we're conditioned to believe. It's like, you just got to grind. You just got to stick it out. Like, no, mm-hmm. life's too short and work does become your life. That's the reality mm-hmm. of it. You are there 40 hours a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to be happy. Yeah. You have to. I agree. Um, oh, that's such a good question. Um, I would say be confident in your abilities. Mm-hmm. Even if you feel like they're, you know, you're going there, you don't know much, but what you do know got you that job. Mm-hmm. So feel confident in what you can do and what you can learn and you know, maybe assert yourself and mm-hmm. show that drive. Cause I'm mean, that drive. I'm telling you, if you show that doors will open. And with that, like being able to say like, I'm not sure I'll get back to you yes. or I'll get back to you on that mm-hmm. is like the best thing I could yeah. have learned at an early age instead of being saying, I don't know. So don't say, I don't know. Say I'll get back to you. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a look at that or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because that way you don't have to scramble. Yeah. Um, my biggest piece of advice would be, um, not to compare your journey to anyone else's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't get caught up in what they're making, what your friends are doing, be true to yourself and, and listen to like who you are, know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And like, when you stay in your own lane, there's no freaking traffic. Yeah. So you just worry about yourself and you continue to grow and, you know, some of the most successful successful people are not doing what they went to college for or some, you know, like they've changed their career 19 times exactly. or they've started something completely new. Like don't get caught up in, in the hustle and bustle and, and keeping up with the Joneses. Just focus on yourself mm-hmm. and do it feeds your soul and what makes you happy mm-hmm. and you will get to where you need to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. For sure. And surround yourself with the right people. Cause if you're around the right people, they'll just motivate mm-hmm. you. They won't make you feel like you're comparing your life to theirs. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's pretty much it, right? Is there yeah. anything else you guys want to chat about? Um, I don't think so. Should no. we get into dear TFS? I'd say so. Okay, yeah. great. And just as a reminder to, to listeners or watchers, um, dear TFS is just, um, a segment we're going to be doing at the end of each segment to, to kind of answer our listeners questions or concerns. So this week we will read, um, Thoughts on when you absolutely hate your friend's boyfriend. Tanisha, I think you can speak to this. <laughs> Do you say something or not? I've said something about the way he is rude and treats me, and we've been distant ever since. I've watched her completely give up on her life goals, aka children, for him. After what point do I give up? That's tough because it's like a shooting the messenger kind of thing, I feel like. Yeah. Um. I'll say it. I'm like a hate me now. Thank me later. Like I'm, I, my, as a friend, I always tell you what I think you need to hear, not what you want to hear. It's a friend's job. And I yeah, think but to a certain extent, though. I think that there's a, a kind way to approach things, but I don't, I think that you can be honest with your friends. I think that like, if you 
have their best interests in mind, there is no harm in saying, hey, I'm seeing these patterns. Hey, this is what I've noticed. This is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. I just want you to like open up your eyes a little bit or like, have you thought about X, Y, and Z? I don't think you can force your friend to break up with anybody or not be with somebody. That needs to be a decision that they make on their own. Um, but I think that if you stay quiet, it's only going to continue to build tension between your friendship. And I think you're doing your friend a disservice. I think you need to be honest because we've talked about it last week. Like love can be blind and you don't always see it when you're in the moment. So an outsider's perspective, I think is, is something that should really have, like, you should put some weight into that. I agree, um, to a certain extent. Because I think you can say how you feel and then leave it because she's going to have to experience this on her own. Mm-hmm. And you beating over the head with how much you hate him is not gonna help the situation. Yeah. And I learned that honestly from you, like, cause I hated, <laughs> hated Pennywise. Yeah. And I think the more I talked about my hate for him, the more distance we distant we have, well, we did become. Yeah. And I think you can say your opinion, but like if she is struggling, you don't want to make it her feel like she can't come to you anymore because all you're going to do is say your opinion and make her feel bad or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like she might have to come to that realization on her own, even though it will pain you to watch her be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, to what Trace said, definitely like you want to be able to, you want to tell her how you feel because sometimes your friends might need to hear that. And then you got to just let her figure it out after that. Yeah. Speaking from an insider's perspective, that totally is accurate. I think like hearing it a few times is totally fine. And like you absorb it and it's fine. But then like from my personal experience, I started to like, I don't know if it was like me alienating myself for my friends. Cause I was like, they hate my boyfriend. So like mm. we can't hang out all together. So I felt like I was like on an Island by myself. Yeah. So that was hard. That's um, true. But also like I've had the reverse. I, it was not until I broke up with somebody where you guys said to me, you never liked him. And so I was like, well, shit, I could have saved myself a lot of heartbreak if that was mentioned to me prior, maybe because, and who knows, maybe I wouldn't have, but like the idea is, you know, I respect my friend's opinion. So again, I think, I think it's worth bringing up. I don't think you can be like, demanding about it and tell them what to do, but just say, Hey, you know, I have your best interest in heart. This is how I feel. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm seeing. And you choose to do whatever you need to do, but, and I'll be here to support you either way. But if you're asking me, time to cut them loose. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But when people make their minds up, they make their minds up sometimes. So it's like, so it's so difficult. It is. So this is a tough situation. It is. It's so hard watching your friend go through. It's like when you don't like them and you're like, he's so bad for you. I know. And like when I was at the end of my relationship, when we broke up, I was like, oh, I <laughs> like everything you guys said. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So see. you just hope for the best for them, too. Like you say your peace, hope for the best. And you just got to kind of sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the hardest thing to do as a friend. Yeah. Hardest thing to do. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, you know, if I had married Pennywise, you guys would have been there being like, I object. Oh, like, black, bro, <laughs> I would have burned the church down. 
We just yeah. have to walk into church to burn it down. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm a Catholic girl. I don't know about y'all. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. need to go so- repent because I just said burn a church down. <laughs> it's so true though. Because I remember like after I broke up with PW, all the things that you guys would say, were saying about him, I was like, oh, like, mm. you, you really do. love goggles on. And you're like, yeah. no, he's not like, you just don't know right. him. <laughs> but then like, it's delicate because if you tell them to do one thing, you might push them the other direction. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it's, it's just it's very delicate. Yes. Um, I think the biggest thing is you should never be afraid to offer your opinion mm-hmm. if you feel like, you see your friend kind of going downhill or going down a path, mm. but don't be forceful about it. And either way, offer your support. Yeah, and always be I there and that. make sure that at the end of the day, that relationship doesn't come between your friendship because mm-hmm. I love it. Yep, chicks before dicks. Always, all day. So if hey. if you guys have any other questions, concerns, things you want answered from this crazy. Panel, I guess we can call it. <laughs> panel of 30 year olds, almost 30, not 30 yet. Let's just remind everybody. Oh, God. <laughs> Please DM 30, 30 and surviving podcast on Instagram, and we will bring up your questions and concern on the next episode. Woo! Buenos nachos! Bye! Bye! Bye. <laughs>